0: work and find what i'm doing here and it really really matters um, as small as that may seem so if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show i much appreciate it thank you for listening let's get into it peace peace i'm justin
1: my brother justice Raji. so um
0: so in in the last few weeks uh and I don't think we've talked about this particular individual, this person in the in, in the in the in the, uh, in the world, um, Coach Deion Sanders, um, also known as uh, Prime of uh, Prime Time. Um, he does not like being called Coach Prime. He does not advocate that at all. He's Coach Sanders.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, at least especially from, like, the general media. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that was a thing earlier on when he first came on board. Um, but we, we we probably will touch on that in this conversation. But but wanted to, to talk about what Coach uh, Sanders is doing, uh, you know, uh, because, you know, college, black college football is important. It's important historically. Uh, it's important in a in a cultural way, uh, particularly to the Black community, and probably particularly to particular Black communities in a way that other college football is not the same in its importance. You know, obviously, a lot of Black youth, <laughs> young African American men, young Black men play college football at all of the various levels. So there's a there's a relationship there. You know, that we could talk about at some other point, but there's a um, historical aspect. Uh, there's a a regional cultural aspect, and then sort of just the 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 long term sort of dialogue of the way uh, black folks show up in sports, and the sense of having our own, the prominence of historically black colleges as a as institutions, and sort of the way um, sports connects with that, um, and I think most often at this point in time, the way sometimes folks, people speculate sort of the the growth potential financially for those schools vis-a-vis sports. Um, and so Coach Sanders, you know, fits into this dialogue or in this 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 space in multiple ways. He's had just a couple of incidents or occurrences in the last couple of months that raised prominence, but also I think this is year three of him coaching Jackson State. I think
1: yeah, I think he came in at the end of one, did did, did, did year two, and this is year three. Yeah. So I think it's like year three in the context of being like, this is the third year, but I don't think it's the third
0: season fully. Yeah, we probably have to double check. So, I mean, that was where we wanted to start, was just sort of talking about this. So was there a particular like thought or, or idea, something that was on your mind about? about? Yeah,
1: man. Uh, so... There's a couple, and I know that you, you know, um, have some, some insight around this. Um, I think where I want to start with with Coach Sanders is like one, the concept of bringing it home, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a whole conversation through the black community, through a lot of different things, right? this whole, like, it actually is a thread kind of through the Kanye conversation. It's a thread to a couple different conversations of, like, bringing the talent in. And this idea of, like, when when Black folks do well, what do we do for our own, our own institutions? Right? And so I think, you know, it's important to note for, for everyone listening that Deion Sanders didn't need money. Mm-hmm. So he's not coaching because like he needs money. He's coaching because he thinks it's important. He's coaching because they came to him to have a conversation about a school in Jackson state and Jackson, Mississippi as a broader sense, especially when we look at the water crisis um, and a lot of other things, um, you know, mayor Lumumba You know, Jackson is a flashpoint for black people just across the board, even going back to the Republic of New Africa, for those who, Mm -hmm. you know, may be so inclined to go back to look at the plebiscite where black people would have their own land, right? Mm -hmm. And Mississippi was clearly, was like the capital of that. So there's a lot of history, right, to this conversation. And I think what he brought back what he has brought to this conversation was highlighting what we don't highlight, right? We love to talk about black colleges and homecomings, but what we don't talk about is like the games. What we don't talk about is like the spaces that the athletes get to be in. Right. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, historically, we know black folks couldn't be in certain spaces or certain colleges for a long time. And then We could. And then we started going to those places. Right. We saw it in basketball. We saw it in football. uh, We saw it in a lot of sports. Right. The one of the only sports that you still kind of see it. Black folks still being at HBCUs in this context is track. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But we also know that black people over HBCUs over index when it comes to producing engineers, over index when it comes to producing lawyers over index when it comes to producing uh, folks in STEM, right, just across the board. So I think it's important to note that again. But he's bringing a thing to these schools that have not been there because we have multiple generations of athletes who have gone to other schools, specifically in the South, and schools that have had challenging history. So I think it's one, just to elevate that um, for what he's doing. I know, you know, again, that you have some other points of insight but i just wanted to elevate his role in in Jackson Mississippi and Jackson state's role in like this kind of conversation around sports and you saw it first and I'll stop here you saw it first with basketball um you saw a couple folks like go to Howard and you know so a couple uh you know blue chips Basketball is just like a little different for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but in football, I think what we're seeing is a, a sea change in ways that I think is healthy for not just white folks to see, frankly, but for black people to see. Mm-hmm. And again, like you go back to school days, you watch the game, right? Like, and, you know, like the homecoming game, but like, was everyone really there? Was it really? Good? Was it really a good game? Like, we're being honest. So I think that, like, you know, is bringing this to a point that's, that's really important. Um, what what are some of your takes?
0: Well, the... So I think there's the... I think with HBCUs and football in a way that's different than basketball, there's the potential to create a product. I mean, it's so weird to talk about people playing something else, but that's... I've, I've learned that there's a lot of things that we might think of as, like, It's a sport. It's an art. It's the it's it's a it's a type of music, and someone else thinks about it like product. (laughs) And how does it position? And what sells? And who wants? Yeah,
1: because when you're selling it,
0: yeah. (laughs) So, like, I would say, I, I I would venture to say that it's probably reasonable to argue that as a product, black college football has not been maximized, even to like the audience who maybe would be most into it. Right to like track it and like go to the games and and uh go to
1: absolutely yeah, I mean that was my point about like what we talk about when it comes to black college games. we think about homecomings or particular uh rivalries, right, like those are the games people go to, yeah,
0: you know, and like the Bayou Classic is the only like black college game, which I think it still comes on, but even when we were. I mean, you know, the, the younger, you know, and every year uh, NBC would have it on, you know, Southern and Grambling. And it was, you know, it was for me. Brother, I like the first time I saw it. Like I, I knew about, I mean, we were old. We, Eddie Robinson was still coaching Grambling when <laughs> we were young. So it was still like, oh, Eddie Robinson. Yeah, it's like the winningest coach in college football history. And he's been, you know, running the team since, you know, the 60s or something, like a long time. And and Doug Williams and other like you know that there's a there was still the 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 thread of the age which you know now is much longer ago, but when we were young in the 80s going into the 90s, wasn't all that young of you know some of the best black college best football players that were black played at HBCUs because they couldn't play at the other places. <laughs> Um, absolutely and it was still not totally gone it was definitely changed but it wasn't totally over right um so like you know and and it was enough of a you know and i and i'm you know i'm sure somebody's got a book about the bayou classic that i could find somewhere so i look into that, or at least an article because it was something i, I remember being young being like oh wow this like game with these two schools and it like it's on it's on you know on the big network on a Sunday and like around, you know, reason usually that one I think it was like the weekend between Christmas and uh New Year's, you know, which again absolutely you remember because you off school and you're hanging out <laughs> and it's right. winter. You, you
1: got winter. you got time to watch for time to watch a game, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: It's winter in New Jersey. There's no reason to go outside if you don't have to. <laughs> like, it's cold. Like I'm like, I ain't going out there. <laughs> I'm gonna was on TV. And um and
1: y'all was bottom of small rivers though too so you gotta keep in mind that ran rancocos and y'all, y'all y'all had them small rivers throwing through some towns <laughs> so it's a little a little different y'all had them creek like you know creeks and shit
0: yeah you know it's, it's moisture out there it's chilly you know what i'm saying a breeze off the swamps you know what i'm saying like the with the idea that like this was a you know a packaged thing that someone who didn't live in in the south like you know I, I could imagine the game has a larger social cachet in the region than it does, you know, on, on the banks of the Delaware. And, but it still was something that was like, "Yo, I'll watch. I'll check this out. This looks cool. Like, let me see what they about to do here. You know what I'm saying? And so you asked the question if, and, and speaking to the idea, like, cause like the subtext of the, of sometimes, which may not always be fair to, to the sports or to the athletes that are playing the sports of like, can coach Sanders bring a level of attention that develop, that makes, uh, almost makes the market better for the other schools too, right? Like, so mm-hmm. Jackson State right. can get better, but then is it like, yo, Grambling, like, some, you know, somebody that maybe has the means to be a big bigger booster, <laughs> Grambling goes, well, I don't want Jackson State to to show us up. Right or or with with the various ways you can access media these days, that the swat could get like some kind of ill, you know. What I'm saying streaming based, you know, some you know super super time sports. Uh, I mean, all these places do sometimes are being filmed by different uh, production entities. But can that get to the level of attention that like the audience that could maybe most be into seeing all of the HBCUs that that do football playing each other? You know, maybe maybe it could grow, right? So there's that lane, but the other lane is that, you know, whether and you know, I I I don't know a lot about it, and I I'm sure that there's some uh, at least slippery things to say the least about you know Coach said is you know moving because because really this is almost a progression from him running high school right to um, that centered on sort of high level athletes who are really good at football and I think other sports, but I know football was one of them. Then like coming there to play football and then like getting them to college. Right. And so then like going to, going into working in college, it's sort of a part of that kind of thread of progression. Um, and also I think for him, I think he legitimately likes coaching football. I don't think he's just like coaching football, you know, for, for shits and giggles, so to speak. I think, you know, he's, he's, he's you know, Hall of Fame football player, one of the greatest football players in the history of of footballing. And um, I think he definitely wanted to coach. And so you have this opportunity to kind of build on that and then kind of create something different and bring some attention to a place that, um, you know, you you could make the argument like, why wouldn't, why didn't, when you was young, why didn't you go to an HBCU? Because in the 1980s, if you was, Deion Sanders, you went to Florida State. Like you didn't go. If you, you know, you, you gotta play against the best competition, but also the highest level of uh, exposure to get to, to the NFL and
1: support to get to the next level. Yeah. So right, and I think we have to be realistic about that. Um, if you know just to add on, I wanted to say two things is based on your wisdom. One is thinking about this idea of like when we see, again, going back to my point and your point about when we see like the games, right. And you see this Bayou classic and it's specific that you see Southern and grambling. Right. And you see this like very, very Southern kind of conversation about football. Right. And it really might not have anything to do with the actual, talent of the teams, frankly. It has to do with the fact that these teams have this history and culture, right? But I think everyone got comfortable with that to the point we weren't having the conversation about like who was coming to the teams. Mm -hmm. We were having a conversation about this is black college culture. So, you know, you find there's now the game in New York with Morehouse and Hampton. There's a game in Cleveland, There's, like, games now all over the country, um, black college, you know, games, HBCU games. Um, But I think what Prime, what Coach Sanders did, to your point, thank you, what he did was say, let's shift this from we do it because of tradition and nostalgia to we do it because someone's looking to win a game.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And I think that there's a real shift there. And to do that shift there, it's not necessarily an arms race, because I don't want to frame it like that for one. If you were a child of the 80s, you remember the arms race. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, and and all they came with the arms race. But also, like, no. And is there an intrinsic benefit for athletes to go to the schools of people who understand them for them to matriculate, graduate and become part of a broader community? The research is in about the benefits and role of HBCUs across the board, right? That's not a debatable point. We don't have to debate that as we'll go into part two of this. Some stuff doesn't is not debatable. It's not debatable the role of the H of, of historically black colleges, universities in the Black community. What is debatable is do those places, when it comes to certain populations of athletes, can they get access? And I think that it's important for Cole Sanders to be here because it elevates that conversation. Mm -hmm. Like it elevates the conversation of, you know, what can these young people do? And and for the young man that was supposed to go to Florida state, right. Which in the irony was where, you know, Deion went, right. Mm -hmm. But Deion, you know, Cole Sanders went and for him to come and play, with coach Sanders and also with, you know, Shador Sanders, who is a, you know, real Heisman candidate. It brings the conversation of how can we bring attention to these places who have been serving so many people for so long that are just important places to invest in. And we've seen a lot of different investments in, you know, the science, science departments we've seen in the English departments we've seen it in other stuff just post the murder of George Floyd um but not necessarily in some of the athletic uh spaces that then now create the energy around athletes that want to come and you know, not again. Not to go to the NFL because some of them will get the access, but also being a part of a broader community, which I think is really important about this. And I, and and one thing I'll I'll say one more thing. I think, you know, Coach Sanders's perspective is really refreshing because it's easy for someone to be like, "I'm gonna stay at Jackson State forever," right? And everyone be like. See, that's a good brother there. He's going to stay forever. And he's like, I don't know if I'm staying forever. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have a real conversation when the mother people call about what my next move is, not just for him, because he's already good, but also for his staff. Yeah. Who, if he's underpaid, his staff is terribly underpaid. And this is an important part of the conversation, and it's not a knock to Jackson State, more than it's a knock to any particular institution. If he makes a half a million dollars a year, I mean, he makes it up from doing whatever else he does. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But that means the people underneath him make 150, 200. And these are people that in other spaces could make 500,000, could make a million. And we have to be honest about that. Him setting up the uh, setting up this group of people to be able to take care of themselves and and move forward and progress, teaching the thing that they care about so much. So I actually deeply appreciate his honesty, which is sometimes not an honesty we give each other in regard to what we're dealing
0: with with a decision. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I think it's the thing that. I think it's most really, even maybe at the core, that is important to think about with, with this situation. Because, you know, someone with his profile um, in, in one hand, I mean, one just as a black man, as head coach in football, as crazy as it seems, it's still always, even if you were a great pro, is no guarantee that you're going to get a shot to be taken seriously to lead a program, um, especially a, a Power Five school. It's not it's not written in stone right um you 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 do have to um demonstrate that you can actually coach and and then still because there's obviously the, the, there's plenty of um coaches you know at, at power 5 schools that um, are not you know black <laughs> that are in other roles you know now some are there you know so it's not it's not as not as it was when we was kids but it's not the same so on some level, you know, there are people who definitely looked at this is just a stunt, right? Like Sanders is going there, and I, th- I think we can call him Coach Prime for like for our conversation. <laughs> we, we not sports broadcasters, you know what I'm saying? We, we ain't journalists. <laughs> we, we, we two people adding on. So if you want call Coach Prime, go free, go go ahead and do that. Um, but I don't think that um, I think that he you know legitimately as demonstrated like yeah like i for, for where the the program level that this program is right and and i'm not totally sure the overall funding and size of the school but my understanding is that i mean at least at some level that jackson state had some of the things you might need to be a successful program like a winning a leading program and then you know to to go like we no, now they like not only do they win they they be blowing the doors off sometimes not all the time right, right? And right. then there's, especially given the other aspect that is central to college football, even with this where we're at in this wild, you know, open world of the beginning of the NIL, uh, right. aspect is is a it's a relationship space, a relationship, and and then what is this next step going to do for for me as in the athlete and the family of the athlete, so that that athlete either can you know I, you know i think at a minimum you should make sure they get out get out of college with the actual degree but if they are someone who has that those uh precursors that one would say yeah they're going to be uh, among the f- very small amount of folks who could probably play professional football and make millions of dollars um even if it's only a few million um you need to have the relationships and the um the charisma uh the trust of the family and the other things to get those players to come to those bigger schools um uh, even with their you know fantastic resources and giant gyms and fields and massage physical therapy like all the all the stuff that stuff still isn't a guarantee that you know the best players or the players that you want will come to your school um and
1: nor that they will actually get to the league and i just want to say that like i think it's important for us to remember that like you could have a young person that goes to a power five school and they're really 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 good at football in the context of what you understand it right from what they've done but that doesn't mean that they're going to be a professional football player for very long
0: yeah Yeah. i mean it's, it's more likely that they're not (laughs) but but again, the, the small amount of folks who had that opportunity. So like for him, it would be, he would, he would be being wildly disingenuous if he was like, nah, 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 I'm just hitting it for the, for the Jackson state of it all. You know what I'm saying? Like I ain't interested in anything else, you know, but I I think it's in a weird way, it, it opens up the idea that these are also legitimate pathways to you know one's career a career development arc so to speak like yeah come to these schools be a part of the culture here while you're here you know do a great job you know build a great program and then if another opportunity is for you over there at some place that's you know bigger or has a larger profile or more funding whatever you know go ahead and do that like thanks for your contribution to the institution like you know there's a weird thing almost i think um I think it was, uh, maybe it's a smaller community thing. Maybe it's Black. I don't think it's just a Black community thing. But like if someone is really effective within an institution, in theory, if that institution is a skill set, there would maybe be, re- it's not unreasonable for that person to, to have a time period where they serve and work in that institution and then they move on to another institution and like somebody else qualified already comes in and leads, you know, said institution because the whole idea of an institution is it's not just the the one person's you know, or one individual, but is that that entity can continue to create that atmosphere, right? It can continue to provide whatever it does. Um, And the, I think going back to that earlier part of talking about like, how does this, you know, what is the potential, what is the overall potential that can be brought into um, sort of the world of HBCU sports? Um, And then, you know, I think related to that, how those were inst- the role those institutions play in a, in a larger sense. Cause I, I, I think some would on the, on the who comes out of those institutions. Absolutely. HBCUs bring, you know, graduate more black folks than anyone else. I think I, at times, I don't know if the overall relationship, even like there's people that love Alabama. They ain't never been out. They ain't never going to go to Alabama. They ain't never going go to <laughs> never gonna go. Right and that, I don't that's really, a
1: great point that's a great i don't point. know
0: if that always happens with black colleges like i mean we definitely mm-hmm. had the moment and are you from a style perspective right where you rock different sweatshirts and the do you do and that's still a thing but the sense of like you feel a part of one of these a part
1: issues. of a team that you ain't a part no i mean <laughs> listen i think we need to call that shit out and call it what it is you're a part of something you ain't a part of yeah <laughs> right like you know. Everyone you know and people know, you know that know. I'm a Duke fan, right? Like I'm a Duke basketball fan, full out. <laughs> but i I'm, I'm I'm a Duke fan not just because whatever. I'm a Duke fan because I was on the campus because I had the benefit of you know family in Durham and going to the campus mm-hmm. and actually and frankly seeing black people and knowing black people that went to Duke in the '80s, right. And there's a history there. And so, and actually, there's a whole history around architecture and a black man from Philly who actually did the architecture at Duke. Yep. And it was, it was never talked about, right? But we have a lot of that. We have people who love the Lakers and have never been to a Laker game. <laughs> right? right? Right. We got people who love all these teams who have never been to a thing. Um. But the idea of, hey, maybe you can love Morgan State. And you don't want, you don't have to be an alumni of Morgan State to love what Morgan State represents, right? And I think that's the to your point, God, I just want to add on, that's the opportunity yeah. that he's creating. Like he's fostering this idea that you don't have to be alumni to support an HBCU.
0: Right. Like I mean like the same way you people will be like irrationally like I always liked that team's uniforms and I thought they were cool and you ain't never been there like you can do irrationally. that like you ain't got that to do with that place like you, you I love the way them blue socks look man like it's cool it looks cool so now you you know um, and, and the other thing I guess I want to say about, 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 about coaching I guess there are two things I want to touch on I mean I don't think there was a kerfuffle you know what I'm saying, and and in the height of black men having a disagreement in public, <laughs> between him him the coach. yeah, yeah. I guess <laughs> I think it's Eddie Robinson Jr. I'm not a hundred percent, but
1: but he's not he's not like the son of he's Eddie Robinson, but he's not the son of Eddie
0: Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I was like, like, I don't think that's his actual son.
1: No, <laughs> he he just happened to be had that last name Robinson.
0: <laughs> right and and you know it, it seems like whatever they, they figured it out i think it was actually a little bit i think last year they beat jackson state and this year coach you know they they you know they got the win back and, but they was also you know kind of trying to run the score up at the end and he took exception with that and
1: aka stopped the mud hole go ahead, go ahead.
0: <laughs> as, as as john harbaugh said about Stanford trying to score more points on USC when they was blown about about a decade or two ago. Not two, but definitely a decade ago. He's like, he's like, why'd you try to go for things? Why'd you try to go for more? Because I couldn't go for 50. He's like, look, I don't care, I want to destroy them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know, That that's a conversation
1: for a different day. The hardballs are like a different breed of coaches. Uh, that that's a that's a conversation for a different time. They are a different group of brothers,
0: man. You know, and I appreciate, you know, kind of like don't run the score up unnecessarily. But then I don't know. Somebody's like, hey, I mean, stop me. <laughs> don't, don't let me right, the score up on you. Right.
1: Like, listen, and this is going to sound wild, but I'm going to say it. Listen, if they try to run the score up and you punish somebody, fine. That's what they got for it. Yeah. Yes. And they should have known not to do it. But the, the the fact of this idea of you just shouldn't do it, and I, I want to touch on the fact of that that kerfuffle they had in public, because it also talks about like the swack and the idea of you know the coach, uh, Coach Robinson saying you're not swack, which touches on this other I you know conversation about authenticity in the black community. Right. And we kind of, you know, when we have to have this conversation about authenticity and who's authentic. Because that's really, to me, what it got to
0: mm-hmm.
1: Coach Robinson was saying, you're not authentically us. But what makes you authentically us? Right. Is it are you authentically us because you went to a black school? Like, do you have to be did you have to go to an HBCU to be authentically a coach of HBCU? Right.
0: Right. And I I would say you shouldn't have that, that. I mean, that shouldn't be the case, but it'd be like them unwritten rules of the game. Type.
1: It's the unwritten rules of gatekeeping, right? Around a lot of stuff, which, again, obscures the fact that in different ways, Black folks have went to a lot of different places. Like, it is, it should not be lost on anyone that of the quote unquote divine nine, the alphas started at cornell right and the kappa started at indiana university right now again the rest of them all started at howard right so it all gets obscured (laughs) except for no pardon me except for the iotas that started at uh at morgan i want to make sure i I note that um and then swing five swing and i think also that started at morgan and uh Guru group, Five, Guru group, Swing, who swing, also started. Because also, sometimes we forget about those particular organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not gonna talk about Wine Five, and you know, Beta. <laughs> <laughs> we want to go go
0: so deep in the well. <laughs>
1: yeah, we're not gonna go so deep in the well. Go to Wine Five. Shout out to shout out to you know uh, the Grand Grape as they call them. I, you know, that you can do your own research about the Grand Grape. Um, <laughs> but like. Those schools and those pe- black folks were going to those schools in 1911, in 1912, in 1913. It doesn't make them less part of the black community. So it does get to a, a a level of gatekeeping, right? That we, you know, we have to, it doesn't mean you're calling it out. It just means we're acknowledging that that's real, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and the only thing I wanted to, to close on them having that kerfuffle is that like you can have a kerfuffle in the public space and then like we could all move on. Like y'all say what you had to say it don't have to be the end of the world we don't got to like revisit it two, three weeks later like you know and I guess we are in a sense but we're not in a sense because we're not neither one's writing an email to the university like something has to be done about those two having an argument like no nothing has to be done it's over <laughs> like it happened everybody move on you know what I mean like um, but the the tension there, and and that's why I'm saying, like, for the one thing I, I can, for folks who went to HBCUs and went to certain HBCUs, for sure, there's a sense of ownership and pride, and 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 a, and a degree, to a level of protection about those institutions. Um, that is not saying it's, it's not unfounded. It, 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 I understand it, but also from a Like, where will that institution go perspective? Like, size, scale, like, does it make space, again, for, like, the person who isn't, who didn't get to go to that school to decide, like, this is my favorite school, I want to root for them and, like, go to their events and, uh learn about what they're ha- that's happening in there. And I know this is sometimes in this context of sports, because nobody's like tracking in what the, what the business department's doing uh, with research, at least not people that aren't involved in business already. But, you know, if we could figure out a spectator way to be engaged with those aspects in a more public form, I mean, I'm all for it. You know what I mean? If, if it's, if it's the quiz team or something, I don't know. Like, but how do we, you know, how do we, make space for other people to like have some admiration for these institutions and be connected to them. Um, while also, you know, you know, trying to give honor to people who, you know, don't want it's almost a the sense of things being mixed, diluted, or tampered with because you ain't really go there. So you can't be, you know, coming, you know, even though, you know, I know these I know a couple people especially that go to one or two different HBCUs like annual uh, like homecoming events, and none of them went to, to them schools, but they go to the events because they're you know a you know a whole bunch of older because you
1: black and shit, man. Listen, <laughs> yeah, man, you're black and shit, man. Like <laughs> yo, like you know what I'm saying? Because the reality of it is that some people's families went there they, again, like. I acknowledge and support why people want to be very intentional about, uh, you know, what's happening, but we, we gotta, op- we gotta open it up a little bit. And I do think coach prime is creating a context for opening it up a
0: little bit. So, yeah. Yeah. so, so props, coach prime, keep going. You know what I'm saying? Keep going. And if you decide, I don't think he's going to go to Auburn. That's the, that's the, the, the current, like, what if Auburn, I don't from what I know or heard about the, <laughs> the nature of Auburn. I already know. <laughs> I mean, anyway, I don't know if that's gonna happen. Yeah, you know I mean, but you know, props to him. And um, you know, we want to start on a positive note because I think just due to the nature of of, of the second level, like, I'm gonna call it a second order silliness. Um, just due to a previous individual we we spoke of. Um what has transpired with Kyrie Irving and and the nets that we need at least touch base on it in, in some way. So kind of going from something you know, fun and positive and full of potential to something full of disappointment and mealy, mealy mouth foolishness. Um, Kyrie Irving basically is suspended from the New York, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Sorry, they're, not, they're from Brooklyn. They're from, not from New York. They're from Brooklyn. Um, due to, I would say, so I'll call it the confluence of actions precipitating from in a, a, the sharing of a uh, of a tweet, a tweet of a uh, film that I don't. One to I don't know remember the name of the film because I, I i I have it marked in my this is not worth my time to watch <laughs> and dig deeper on category um, but a film that noted for its as anti-semitic content and um you know any movie quoting Hitler in a way that in any way could be construed as like hmm, we should really contemplate what Hitler was trying to get at there, you know generally, I'm kinda like, yeah, I'm out, like maybe not the uh, you know. You know, if you're not you're not doing a primary source situation here, We're like here's what he said in the speech in nineteen thirty-four, as opposed to, you know, anyway. That and I was, that said what it said. And so I wanted to hear from you. Just what if what what can any of us uh, okay, all right. So listen.
1: Positive All right. in this situation. Listen, there, there's very there's very few Help times where we we are gonna go straight it. there. Yeah, I know. Listen, I'll try. I I'll say it and people can you know send me texts and DMs later about how you say it. There are two things I want to say. There are three things I want to say about this. First thing I want to say is we need to have a conversation about the challenge of the of the proximity of information in the black community. Now, I'm saying that as a person who remembers and and can talk about the scholars of the Black community, people who did research, people who thought about opening up all the things that we didn't have context to, information we didn't know. When we talk about Chancellor Williams, you know, there's debates about some parts of the destruction of Black civilization. We can have that conversation. John Henry Clark. Uh, Brother Ishaq and Musha Barashango. Like we can have, like we had scholars who Sheikh onto We had scholars who did the job of unraveling the lies. And let's be clear, the lies that original people were told about who we are in this world and our origin. Mm-hmm. The fact that we get to a point where Kanye, you know, uh, well, Kanye West, so that's a different <laughs> conversation. But Kyrie Irving says, yo, I didn't learn about none of this stuff. I don't know. And then you take research from a person who is regurgitating, and I want to say this so it's clear and it's fine. You can call me, you can text me regurgitating white supremacist tropes. Exactly. If we, like I said about Kanye, if we want to have a debate about anti-blackness in the Jewish community, that that is a rational conversation that Jews are that Jews are having in their community. Mm. And let's say for clarity that the Jews are not just white. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that there's a lot of other people who talk about they are Jewish and Israelites, and that's another conversation for a whole nother day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But my point is, the fact that 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 a brother feels like there's information that was not given to him and his thing is to share a... uh, people around him research is the biggest problem. One of the biggest problems. Number two, what does it mean to have knowledge of self? So I'm just going to let it happen. I'm going to let it fly. What does it mean to have knowledge of self? The fact that people are calling what him and Kanye are working through as knowledge of self is an abomination to having knowledge of self. It's not to believe stories that serve your interests. It's an awareness of your origin in this world. Mm. It's an awareness of your, your individual and collective origin in this world. And so the fact that people are trying to go to bat to defend these two morons as representatives of having knowledge of self is the bigger problem. And if anyone wants to question why the kids are going where they are, why is shit so wild? Why are kids jumping out of vans? Shit like that. Because at the end of the day, if you think that these morons are the guys that have knowledge yourself, well, that's your problem. <laughs> let, me, let me say yeah. for the record, there are at least three dimensions that I will say they don't have knowledge yourself. That are not for today's conversation. <laughs> but they don't. And I, I respect Kyrie for saying I am trying to learn about myself. I actually do respect him for saying that, but he got the information from the wrong sources, which means people around him are not sharing the appropriate information with him. <sighs> and we have to be honest about people are not sharing the information. And here's my third point, and I'll end, you know. <sighs> you know, there are times that you're very fiery just, and I'd be like, well, well, my man's trying to tell (laughs) y'all. So today you can, you know. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate it, man. Teamwork. Sometimes you just gotta shut the fuck up. (laughs) Now, if you were raised in certain backgrounds, certain communities, there were times where people told you that in a variety of different communications. (laughs) But sometimes If you're wrong, there is a wisdom to acknowledging that you don't know what you don't know, which is actually tied to the fact of not having knowledge So, You have to say, I don't have all the information yet, so please pardon me. Not why y'all asking me about this when y'all should be asking me about my people. No, they didn't ask you. you. You shared something. That's on you with millions of followers and millions of dollars. And anyone that thinks that's not true, you're lying to yourself. Because they did the same thing to Mel Gibson. They did the same thing to other people. If someone came out and said, hey, I think black people came from monkeys, right? They shared a documentary saying black people came from monkeys. And they said, oh, I didn't watch all the documentaries. We're still going to call you anti-black.
0: Yeah. Absolutely
1: because you shared something that was actually anti-black. And if you didn't if you didn't watch it, then it's more on you as an irresponsible person. And in that thing, if you had Adolf Hitler talking about black people, you are more responsible. And I can't let you go because you don't know better. Cuz guess what? You actually got enough money to figure it out. Thank you. So, I just want to say that Because we're having these conversations. And again, we are not being able to parse out anti Black racism in some of the Jewish community. We're not parsing out the uh, obscuring of not just Black Jews, but Jews of color, right? Mm -hmm. There are real rational dialogues we should be having. We could even have the conversation about the apartheid happening in the Middle East and in Israel around what's going on. So I'm not stepping down from any of that, but that's a different rational, rigorous conversation than the goofiness that has been jumped on, not just by homie. And again, I actually, I actually do think Slim wants to figure it out. I just think he's, he's down to, I don't know. I'm not going to tell what path it's, he's down. It's,
0: but it's, I, I'll, go, I'll, I'll take the rock from here. You know what I'm saying? And, and the, I want to start with, you know, and just add on to what you said about the the concept of not self, because also part of the concept of not self, as, as I came to understand it, is also about the idea of like the commitment to like rigorous self development, right? Tuning into all the different aspects that make you you and knowing, learning the wisdom that's required, the, the practices that are required to. Sustain a healthy sense of self to to adapt and change and grow the sense of self as you learn about things that you you know, maybe you thought were one way and you learn it's another way and you go oh man what does that mean for me I need I may need to make these adjustments about my what life or my worldview or my perspectives or you know I might need to stop doing something or I may need to start doing something and I, and uh, and you commit to it as a value and practice right it's not just this like place you go and then you get there and you're like, I have not self. And if you people, if you had not self, you would think what I think. No, it's, I understand. That I actually have a, a commitment to a certain set of ethics around myself. And then the sense of self as it's connected to others, you know, because at least most of the spokes of the African tradition, um, you know, the, the, the idea of the self as totally not related to other humans is not the thing. That was not the vehicle. That's not the model. So, if your idea of knowledge itself of is this uh broad, it's just about me, then um you 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 know you might have missed a, a couple of notes at the meeting. Um
1: you didn't get to the goddamn, listen,
0: you didn't get to the goddamn meeting, man.
1: You didn't get to the meeting if you didn't know it's not just about you. And and again, and I want to start with, I wanna actually leave with honor about Slim. Because I do, again, I do really think you're trying to figure it out, but it's like, all right, I'm going to say this, I'm going to stop. Yo, is, is you Muslim? Is you Hebrews like, Do you believe that the world is flat like Flash Gordon? Like, what exactly is going on? and again as a process of learning i respect all of that but as a process of when we're talking about people who are then defending the black community versus defending their own to your point about knowledge yourself are you defending the black community or are you defending your perspective mm-hmm. and i don't you're not defending the black community
0: yeah, no one Who was. In, no one was in jeopardy. That 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 sharing that video <laughs> was gonna help, right? It's 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 a. It, this is the, just the, 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 the touchstone I want to say, and largely this to me, like one, I think similar to what we said in our conversation about, yay, I can simultaneously go, yo, fam, you out of pocket, need to go sit down, and also be compassionate and empathetic that you get what you need to be healthy going forward, right? These are not actually opposing things, but also I do have responsibility as, least, as a reasonable person to go, fam, go sit down. Like, what are you doing? What, where, where are you going with this? And and the thing that I feel is most discerning and in, in and it resonates with where you had started with, you know. I mean, we—I can run names: Ranocha Rashidi, uh, Ivan Van Sertima, John Henry Clark. Uh, uh, what's my uh, what's my name, I'm, I'm term? Uh, Doctor Joy DeGruy. Um, I, I got a bookshelf behind me over here. Um,
1: no, absolutely. Got so many, so then, many scholars, Serious like, work. And, and, or, or organic scholars, and not just ones that went to colleges organic like folks in community who did the work so it's not just about you having to go and get a a, a term in front of your name or behind your name but people who did the work
0: yeah you know what i'm saying that and, and had a, a a clear ethic about why you was working. even if they disagreed with each other or disagreed with this person's you know approach and and, and then there's a historiography, meaning there's a, there's a context of like the timing of these different things. You know, I was home reading an old printing of J. A. Rogers' one hundred, you know, facts about the Negro, right? And there was a there there was a time in definitely my, I guess, our lifetime, definitely our grandparents' lifetime, um, our parents' lifetime, where like you just needed somebody to go and write like yo these are actual facts about black people. You know why? Cuz no one's telling you the truth about black people. Like you didn't even, like it's just facts. These just facts. These are factual things that have historical sources to go, wow, that in fact happened or that person in fact did that thing and it was a meaningful contribution to the larger collective experience for someone to take the time to put that together and then make sure it got into the hands of what not just black folks, other folks. <laughs> Because you had a apparatus that was daily going, uh, not only are these people worthless and dangerous and shiftless and lazy, they also have no history of ever being anything other than that, right? Like I, we, 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 we have a moment in this present where I feel, in a way, you know, and I think maybe it's different in every different epoch right maybe every different you know 10 to 15 year span the nature of the way you know this thing that we're living in in terms of the human experience tries to reshape itself to maintain power in a certain orientation that it changes the way that it then you know shapes information but a there's an energy that that to me rejects a certain level of rigor in the moment and that gives opens the door to well however i see it no matter how specious the source for 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 my reasoning even if it's just i have derived this from my own understanding so rather than say well my understanding or the way i thought about it was this i go you kind of do this amorphous passive aggressive sort of standing on something sort of not standing on something thing and and the thing i worry most for that brother is that his pride would not allow him to go. You know what? I have I have an idea. I thought something, and I thought I was doing this, and maybe I was wrong on that. I don't think I'm wrong about something I'm working on about me, <laughs> but I understand I could have made an error, so I'm gonna fall back on like you know just I'm gonna fall back. I'm accept like yo I might have violated on that, and I'm I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it a bean and step off for a second and, and just focus on other things and just, you know, and just say, yeah, that's it. I ain't gonna talk about it. I ain't gonna bring it up. I ain't gonna send no more crazy I ain't gonna send no more links to no stuff, right? I'm not gonna, I'm gonna take a different approach in my own self work, right? But your pride and there's a certain aspect of our community to go, don't, don't, don't bend in the face of pressure at any point even if you're wrong. <laughs> and if we're going to move, if if, if the idea of that is to bring into creation some other, some new way of being, I I, I, I challenge those who think that that's the way to go to make sure you, you know, so you want to recreate a world where when someone is wrong, as long as they're strong, it's all right. Because they're being a strong
1: brother and standing up for our community. And it goes to Again, a very misplaced idea of what it means to stand up for us. I don't doubt that he's standing up for himself. I don't doubt that he is that that he is sincere in his intent. Right? Actually, a little different than frankly Kanye was. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't doubt that 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 you know Kyrie ever gets sincere in what he's trying to learn. But the point is, just be like yo, if somebody has some crazy shit in a documentary that just wasn't true, just be like yo what you just saw wasn't true and i shouldn't have shared information that is not true just because it had an intent that i thought made sense because that is not rigorous to your point right, right? it is not rigorous to do that and having knowledge of yourself doesn't mean that you share things that are not rigorous or if it's not rigorous you say hey i want to be clear with you this is not rigorous this is an idea projected in order to kind of like uh you know talk about a broader concept, right? We know everybody that was from Africa did not descend from kings and queens. But we also know why we shared that. We know why we all had the Budweiser, uh, you know, what's the names in our in our houses. Yeah. Because it was used to reinforce the idea, again, with the context of white supremacy and racism, that we were not, nothing, that we were great. So then you get to the context of one day acknowledging, yeah, we all weren't kings and queens, but I still need to see Hannibal in my house. Right? Yeah. Cool. That's different than some shit that killed six million people didn't have it. Yeah. Yeah. Those are two different things. And I just, and I will stop here. You should never want to use Adolf Hitler as a source.
0: It Just stop. Like, if you, if you working on something, everybody's listening. If you're working on something and you're about to like do a Hitler quote as some kind of exemplary of like explaining something like a, not like a, I'm doing a prior, I'm writing a paper about something and I need to reference the exact thing said in a speech to connect to this other thing. But like, you're going like, yeah, like he might've been, he might've been onto something. If, if that's what you're thinking, just stop, just stop what you're doing. Put the paper down, put your computer down, take a walk, call a good friend. And ask them, matter of fact, maybe no call, a good friend, call shoot, call email me on the Twitter machine or something. Because you're That's probably right. going down the wrong path. And you may not have no friends around to go like, nah, you know, and then everybody, please. Please don't tell me you're a free thinker. Just stop.
1: Because I want because I want to be clear so everyone understands. If you think if you are black. Brown, yellow, so it means African, indigenous, Latinx, Latino, Latin, Latina, Latinx, depending on how you arrive with that. Mm -hmm. Asian, or any variation thereof. You would have been murdered by the same person. You want to quote? Yep. Without so, without a doubt, like that's not a debate. Eat your Roma you know, the, the, you know, I use the appropriate name, not the name that's been used, you would have been murdered. So this idea that you can share this information, you can share halfway. Okay. Information is not okay. And it's not okay for black folks because black folks, we created a space where it was not okay to share, not rat, not rigorous information. And a lot of people spend a lot of time. Making sure that people
0: had information that was actually correct. Yeah. And I and I'll just close this at least my thoughts on this with just the idea, just reaffirm for folks. Your intentions are not cover for the harm caused by your actions. And that's that's you know, that's that's the end of justice is thought on that. And uh, you know, what I mean, maybe may we all have uh, brighter, brighter days ahead. Of us.
1: Um, it's in, 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 in. It's all good. And I, and listen, hope homie can get to, to, to the proper scientists. Make sure that we don't confuse the drama in the structural racism with like not being right and exact, which right now I think is being conflated. Indeed. Indeed. So you know, no more to say about that.
0: Yeah. So um as a as an exit so as not to to leave the evening uh just uh, rummaging about about you know said things that are sad and, and disappointing. Um you know, may maybe just a lighter note. Um Got a song or a music note, something that you've been finding engaging or entertaining (laughs) that you want to leave the the audience with?
1: Yeah, you know, know, it's funny. So I was listening to one of, like, you know, the algorithm be creating, like, these uh, soundtracks for you. And I was listening to, like, you know, Confunction and all this kind of stuff earlier, right? Like, and I was, you know, one of the things that i've been thinking is that you know in the kind of music space because of one this conflation of rap with r&b we're getting a whole bunch of people who are like uh Azania and Maurice call it croon, not crooning but croning
0: like
1: <laughs> croning like people who are doing some variation of like rapping and singing at the same time which you know if you think about it, it's funny we look at like uh candy that candy man and like domino in the 90s and Mm -hmm. and like you know dirty rotten scoundrels (laughs) Scratch like the hell is this next thing you know 30 years later we're still doing it um but i'm gonna use a british artist um that i think sometimes folks from other countries preserve elements of our music in america differently than we do because we're often like okay what's the next thing and they're not always saying what's the next thing they're acknowledging the music that we created. Um, and her name is Yasmin Lacey. Um, uh, it's an, it's an R and B artist, um, uh, you know, from, from London. Um, the album that I listen to a lot or two albums, uh, when the sun dips 90 degrees from 2018 and there's an album called morning matters. Um, that's more recent from 2020. Um, so I would share that. Um, just again, thinking about the idea of like R and B, and in a more like jazz inflected, singing inflected R and B, where a lot of the R and B males and female singers that we listen to today, voices have a you know. L- let's be charitable and say. They are somewhat constricted in regard to their reach, and <laughs> mm-hmm. um. But Jasmine Lacy is a really strong artist too. I would I would suggest folks listen to on Spotify, Bandcamp, uh, Apple Music, wherever you kind of find music, and you know if you can support via merch and stuff when she comes to America, it uh I think you'll you'll be uh you'll be happy you
0: did it and I'll uh, check it out I think I've heard that name before sounds like something I've heard so I'll double check it might be one of the songs that my daughter has played for me all right one of the times so thank you for sharing so I'll give you something and I'm, I'm gonna go a different route um we lost uh Farrell Sanders uh pass uh returned uh last month um and we didn't speak about it I don't think at least not in detail here which we don't have to but I just wanted to, for those who like jazz, and especially if you want to go, as I like to say, to the upper reaches of the uh, of, of, of the music of the musical energies. Um, I've been listening to uh, wisdom through music, which maybe some of us, you know, some of us might need to tap in. You tap into that concept. Um, so it's a beautiful album. It's a closing song on there, selflessness. That, um, you know. Some of us could uh could use be reacquainted with that idea, um as well as a couple other you know you know really beautiful songs and 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 for those who you know, I mean I know you understand when I say like when uh Pharrell Sanders go up to the to the upper atmosphere we oh up to the upper upper floors hell yeah we he get a little like he goes up the upper floors but it's not like ten minute long upper floors you know what I mean it's like a lot of like it's only two or three minutes and then you come back in you know what I'm saying so. It won't, it ain't a, uh, the creator has a master plan type situation for those that ain't ready for it. You, know what I'm <laughs> you ain't ready yeah. for that. You know, you got, yeah. uh, it ain't for the faint of heart. That ain't for everybody. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's for everybody, but it ain't for everybody. Cause you know, it's chosen, you got to choose yourself, but that's another, we are going to talk about that. Today. So, so real quick though, I want to add on just in that
1: context, I want to add on about something that Farrell Sanders did that I think a lot of people don't tap into, um, which is, you know, an album, a song, well, particularly I want to use a song, and it's called As You Are. The album is from Love Will Find A Way. It's 7778. Really interesting context to this. So, Pharaoh Sanders did it, you know, play with Coltrane, play with Alice Coltrane, did Thimby, did the stuff that Justice is talking about. I mean, just really, just. Took jazz to another place, spiritual. Uh, what some people call spiritual jazz, which really I would argue is jazz mixed with the, the the history and and soul of the blues, right? And returning back to that with just different places with, where they would go. Technically, seventy seven, seventy eight. Norman Connors, who played with Coltrane as a kid and played with Farrell Sanders, had went on to very varied success. He did You Are My Starship and all that kind of stuff and did all the R&B shit. And so he was getting money. And he found that Pharrell Sanders was living in the East Village, damn near homeless. Mm. And he went to Clive Davis and said, hey, like, this is Pharrell Sanders. You need to give him an album. You need to give him a record deal. And the album is called Love Will Find A Way. And um, one of the songs is called As You Are. And As You Are is a song with Phyllis Hyman. Um, and it's one of the songs as you are. And also he did, he did a remake of Betcha by Golly Wild, um, by the Delphonics. <laughs> and it's one of the most, two of the most powerful songs done by jazz artists and people who have that orientation who did R&B, which I think it's important to remember that a lot of artists who did R&B. That we think, oh, they're R and B artists. No, they were jazz artists who had to recognize that the times changed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and had to deal with the times changing. Yeah, and that's Donald Byrd, that's Intu right? That's Farrell Sanders. That's a lot of artists who had to shift because that was where the music went. Right. So there is something to be said for like the artists who brought their musicianship to that thing. But if you could, folks, to listen to As You Are um, along with. The album just just mentioned about uh, wisdom. Like, I think it's really important to hear how artists shifted, but never lost their musical soul, Um, nor their talent. So, just uh, obviously coming from a huge Phyllis Hyman fan, but
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. who is it? I mean, anyway, I'll stop. I'll just leave it alone because some people out the loop, they don't know. They Don't be knowing how they say, how the people say, say, you don't be knowing something like they that. don't be knowing, they don't be knowing. There it is. So, we well, appreciate you guys. Um, with that, I mean, I think that's a good place for the.
1: I think we said a lot today,
0: yeah. You know, what <laughs> I mean, if, if anybody got an issue, feel free to send me a message. I may or may you
1: can say it with your chest, <laughs> right? Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. You listen. <laughs> pull up. That's it. When they pull up. <laughs> yeah, we teach the truth,
0: man. Really? To, to listen, I, man. I bring out the coffee cups and chairs so we can, we can chop it up. I mean, yeah. we can make a rap you silly stuff. Rap a taste. Yeah. We can. <laughs> All right. So with that, I'll say peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, I'm Justin. Uh, this podcast is a part of the Ask Your Old Head podcast and we bring these conversations to you do to me <laughs> i'm the producer and the sole creator uh, of this you know particular vehicle of content and conversation um, if you want to support the podcast number one thing you can do is listen share the podcast with others um, but you can also uh, rate subscribe wherever you listen to make it easier for others to find what we're doing uh, also you know you can contribute financially either by becoming a patron on Patreon or me, Justice Rajee, just search it and sign up. Also uh, although not often used, still active. You can go to the Etsy shop, buy a mug or a sweatshirt, you know, whatever have you. And um, you know, support the work, support the podcast, support the future conversation. Um, It's been quite a year but letting you know now in 2023 my individual interviews are coming back portraits coming back um, and some other things uh, that you hopefully will see um, even before this next weekend um, in terms of just um, more conversation more discussion more adding on uh, from my particular perspective um, slice of life so um, thank you for listening again and uh, you know do your thing also I know today is the day after election day so you know what I mean whatever the outcome wherever you landed in the political spectrum you know what I mean Take the best part for yourself and make good decisions with what happens next all right with that i say peace